0: I feel uh, quite confident about this message. Uh, it's a message that I heard from someone else, um, but I, I woke in the middle of the night and God reminded me of it. Um, I've called today's talk, Speaking for Jesus, because that's what a guy called Jay Pavak called it. I think it was the first uh, Vineyard Leaders Conference that I went to when Jay Pavak spoke. Uh, and what he said just rang out at me. It was as if God was shouting at me. It seems such a natural, easy way how to share share the love of Jesus with those around us. It's something that I felt capable of doing uh, because it wasn't a complicated technique to try and learn and master. Jay is from the US. Uh, There's a slide there with Jay in a minute. Um, He's an unassuming, gentle and humble guy. Uh, And he grabbed my attention He co-authored a book called The Art of Neighboring, which is a really good book. I recommend doing that as how to share your faith with your neighborhood. But I'm talking about just sharing your faith in general today. Anyway, this uh, God-inspired teaching at the NLC has influenced the way that I share my faith. I also believe that the methods that Jay is encouraging is like the way that Jesus interacted with people here when he was here on earth. Those who met the physical Jesus, those who were really searching, felt his love for them. He was gentle and he was kind. He listened to them and he asked deep questions that got their hearts searching. He told them stories of things that they were interested in to explain heavenly truths. And then he left it to the Holy Spirit to water the seeds That he'd sown, no hard sell. If they wanted to walk away then Jesus let them walk away. Now the Bible reading today will be a bit different. I want to show you a Bible reading. It's a dramatization of when Nicodemus secretly met Jesus in the evening because he feared the other Jewish leaders. This is a scene from the online series called The Chosen which uh, I really recommend. Some of it's a bit weird because it's interpretation and they embroider a bit, but they try and base it on truth. Now this, they've, you, can, you can tell that this uh, is, it comes straight from John 3 in the Bible, but they've embroidered it a bit. So it may not work for you, but it really works for me. I like the guy who plays Jesus in this series. He's a very likeable human, Jesus. He's somebody that you'd love to be your friend. So watch and see how Jesus does it in this scene. Because this scene will follow the simple methods that I'm going to be describing today. uh, Which I'm sure that God inspired Jay with. First of all, you'll notice that Jesus makes Nicodemus comfortable. He makes sure he's sitting down comfortably. Then he listens to him but he asks Nicodemus searching questions which, which get Nicodemus working it all out for himself rather than just Nicodemus preaching at him. Um, and then, sorry, I lost my notes now. <laughs> well, uh, Jesus is led by the Holy Spirit uh, and he uses natural things like the wind to describe spiritual truths. And then he leaves it between Nicodemus and the Holy Spirit to work out what's happening. There's no hard selling. We don't have time for the whole of this scene. The whole of the scene is 10 minutes long, but I've uh, selected six minutes of it. If you want to see the whole thing, then go onto YouTube and uh, look for Nicodemus and Jesus, uh, the, the chosen. So let's watch this uh, video now. I don't and, know where uh, to start. I
1: have so many questions. Shall we sit first? Oh, yes. Of course. The eastern slums. Hmm. Many wandering preachers have succeeded in gathering crowds with their rhetoric and fiery tone. I've heard a few of them over the years myself. So you know the type. Hmm. But I have never heard anyone tell the paralytic to get up and walk, much less it actually happens. So what is your conclusion? I believe you are not acting alone. No one can do these signs you do without having God in him. Only someone who has come from God. And how is that belief going over in the synagogue? (laughs) (laughs) Which is why we are here at this hour. What else? What have you come here to show us? A kingdom. That is what our rulers are worried about. No, Not that kind. Then what? A sort of kingdom that a person cannot see, unless he is born again. Born again? Yes. You mean, like a new creature? A conversion from gentile to Jewish? No, no, that's not what I'm talking about. Then what is born again? (sighs) I hope you don't mean return to the womb, because that would be a problem for me. My mother, may she rest in peace, is dead. Truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. That part of you, that is what must be reborn to new life. How can these things be? Ah, a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand this thing, eh? I'm trying, Rabbi. I know. I know. Do you hear this? What? Listen. What do you hear? The wind? How do you know it's the wind? Because I can feel it, and I hear it sound. Do you know where it comes from? No. Do you know where it's going? No. That's what it is, to be born again of the spirit. The spirit may work in a way that is a mystery to you. And while you cannot see the spirit, you can recognize his effect. Mind is consumed with thoughts of what a stir these words would cause among the teachers of the law. Yes, and I do not expect otherwise. I speak of what I know and have seen, and it has not been received by the religious leaders. It is hard to receive. So if I have told you of earthly things, and you do not believe, how can I tell you heavenly things? I believe your words. I just fear you may not have a chance to speak many more of them before you are silenced. I have come to do more than speak words, Nicodemus. More miracles? Yes. But even more than that, do you remember when the children of Israel complained against God and against Moses in the wilderness of Paran? Yes. They wanted to return to Egypt, and they cursed the manna that God sent them. And then? They were bitten by serpents, and they were dying. But? But God made a way for them to be healed. Moses lifted the bronze serpent in the desert, and people only needed to look at it. So will the Son of Man be lifted up, so that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Our people are not dying from snake bites, they're dying from taxation and oppression. I'm sorry to disappoint you. But I did not come to deliver the people from Rome. Then from what? From sin, from spiritual death. God loves the world in this way. That he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So this has nothing to do with Rome. It's all about sin. God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, Nicodemus. He sent him to save it through him. It's as simple as Moses' serpent on the pole. Whoever believes in him... Will not be condemned, but whoever does not believe stands
0: condemned already. Thank you. So, hopefully, that's but you can find it yourself on YouTube. There's all sorts of training you can find about the E word, the one that lots of us don't like, evangelism. Something that many find find scary. It makes us quake in our boots or fill our pants. But talking about uh, Jesus to other Christians in church can be much easier. But when you get out there on your own, talking to the doubtful and the skeptical, it's very, very hard. And it's often a recipe for disaster. Because doing it on your own is very intimidating and frustrating. Most of the training that we get about evangelism is basically turning you into a salesman. You're selling Jesus. But the trouble is, most of us are terrible salesmen. It comes out wrong, it sounds insere, and basically it's cliched. So it doesn't work, and there are a few suckers out there that are gullible enough to get sucked into what you're trying to sell them. They'll probably tell you to go forth and be multiplied. But in a rather rude way. But just remember, they're rejecting you, not. Uh, they're not rejecting you, they're rejecting God, not you. Nearly always, our motivation is wrong too. If it's guilt, shame, or fear that's motivating you, then these are all bad motives, and you'll soon give up with failure. Most of us feel inadequate about sharing our faith. And that should be a good start, make you rely on God rather than yourself. Don't try and use your own wisdom and skill to win people over to following Jesus. Just remember, it's God's work and he's given you the Holy Spirit. So try to listen to the Holy Spirit, relax, trust God and listen and he will help you. We talk best about things that we're passionate about things that are important to us. So build your relationship with Father God. Try and understand and grasp just how loved you are by Him. That is the truth. And when you feel loved by by God, then your passion for Him will just flow naturally out in your conversations. It's no coincidence that you are where you are, who you're with. God wants to use you wherever you are, whoever you're with. I wake each morning and I try to remember to ask God to fill me with his Holy Spirit, to help me hear from him and to use me that day, throughout the day. Learning to hear and follow the Holy Spirit in your conversations is a whole different sermon. So I haven't got time for that today. I did give a talk a while back that you can find on the church website or on YouTube, um, where I explained a bit more about that but God promises to be with you. He will always help you and encourage you to be the person that he created you to be. We're all slightly different. We work best using our own natural talent and character, but guided by the Holy Spirit makes it work best. God made me a creative person. So I try and use that creativity, guided by the Holy Spirit, which makes it best. I'm also cheeky and rude, and I try and use that cheekiness and rudeness, there we go. Hopefully I'm fun and not just plain weird, but I try and use my cheekiness to, to share my faith. Anyway, let's get on to the teaching that Jay Pathak has, uh, been, has, has taught me, there are six simple guidelines to help you share your faith and it should be a more comfortable way. So the first key is to focus on Jesus. Talking about the church or Christianity is a minefield that will usually get you into trouble as you try and defend it. People who try and defend the church can easily end up becoming religious bigots. Jesus never went around yelling at sinners. The people that he got angry with were the religious leaders Who thought that they were were right? They they thought that they were right with God. They needed a wake up call from Jesus. Try and center your conversations on what Jesus said and did. Jesus never did anything wrong, so you can't go wrong when you're talking about him. But you'll need to get familiar with the four Gospels Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You need to to, to get it right into the center of your, your life about what Jesus said and did so that you can follow it. We've had teaching recently about the parables, Jesus giving us heavenly truth with uh, natural stories. We went through the Sermon on the Mount a while ago. We're trying to teach you, trying to help you on in your faith. Jesus said some amazing things about himself. He said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. But this is what you should not do. This next slide. Now this is Westboro Baptist Church in the USA. Their message is that Jesus hates fags, homosexuals. Do you find that attractive? I certainly don't. Their teaching is disgusting as far as I'm concerned. Their message is far from loving. It just promotes hatred it doesn't follow the, the central core of Jesus' teaching which is love. The Jesus way will always be done gently and kindly. Why was it that the sinners around Jesus felt comfortable in his presence? Jesus did oppose, oppose the proud but he always accepted those who acknowledged their faults and he did it gently and kindly. So we you shouldn't feel, people should feel that they can approach you. So show love. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. This is what our lives should be displaying. If we're following Jesus, hearing the Holy Spirit, then this is what should be displayed in our life. A few years ago Grace Vineyard uh, set up a table in Croydon outside the Fairfield Hall when there was a witch festival on. They had a a big sign which said Jesus loves witches. Which is true, Jesus does love witches, he just hates witchcraft. But this uh, gentle approach promoted lots of good conversations there. Jesus didn't go up to Zacchaeus and tell him he was a thief he just invited himself to tea and he was gentle with the woman that was dragged in front of him who'd been caught in adultery Jesus left the conviction of the Holy Spirit to change the the ways of these people so don't feel that you've got to be a religious policeman defending God's God's laws Usually you can leave it to the Holy Spirit to do the convicting. But if somebody does ask you something like, is it okay for me to live with my girlfriend? Then tell them what the Bible says and that you believe that it's not the best way to go. But say it kindly and gently. And they're much more likely to listen to you than if you push in shouting at them that they're a fornicator. Do everything gently, please. Focusing on Jesus means that we'll try to tell people what Jesus said and did and how he lived his life. We let people know that Jesus loves them deeply, whoever they are, whatever they've done, they need to understand just how much Jesus loves them. The next guideline is to listen to people and to connect with them as deeply as possible. James 1 uh, verse 19 says, be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to get angry. Make sure that you listen to people, really listen to people. When people say things, it's very easy for those the things that they're saying to spark thoughts in your mind which become so compelling to share. While you're itching to tell them your similar, even better story, your mind, Can be full of that rather than what they're trying to tell you. You can leave a conversation having not taken in a word of someone said because you just wanted to butt in and impress them with your better story. Beware of that. I'm learning more how to shut up and to leave conversations having not told a story that I had in my mind because I gave the other person a chance to speak and I had the chance to listen. Learning to listen, to actually listen to people, is a skill that has to be learnt. We must take more interest in what other people are saying, rather than just telling your better story that comes into your mind. Please read through uh, the story in John 4, which is when Jesus meets a Samaritan woman at the well and notice how Jesus interacted with her. He broke all sorts of religious rules of the time. That grabbed her attention. For a start she was from a race of interbred Jews, they were half Jews and the pure Jews despised them and then she was a mere woman in a patriarchal society, she was a second-class citizen and probably most importantly was that she'd gone to the well in the middle of the day at the hottest part of the day because she knew that no one else would be there she was an outcast of society and, and when she met Jesus there, it was obvious that she was an outcast because it was the hottest part of the day. You shouldn't be there. But Jesus started the conversation by asking for some water. But technically, it was unclean water because she had touched it. That's gentle, uh, gentle Jesus again. And then he asks her searching questions not unkind questions to hurt her. We should learn from the way that Jesus interacted with people and do something similar. We must build good relationships with those around us, but it will take time and effort. Most people don't come to faith straight away. The usual way is that they take steps forward uh, towards the Lord and after several encounters with Christians, You may have heard the phrase, friendship evangelism. Although I agree with this principle, it can seem as if you're only befriending them to sell Jesus to them, like a trap. Our motivation must never be to win scalps. We must learn to truly love and care for people, for those whose lives we touch. People must feel loved and accepted, a true friend, and never that you're just trying to convert them. It takes patience, sacrifice and above all true love to make others feel that you care. I prefer a phrase, building bridges for Jesus to walk over. Building bridges for Jesus to walk over. Most relationships start with talking about safe topics, this is our next guideline. Safe topics are like the weather and food. But you should try and move on from those safe topics to deeper questions like, are you married? Or talking about the activities that you notice that they're interested in. Ones that you can get to know them and ones that can find common ground that can link to the two of you. You should care enough to remember what they've told you because asking questions twice just shows that you weren't listening in the first place and you don't really care. But when we've got a basic knowledge of somebody, then we should try to move on to deeper questions, searching questions. Examples of these are, what are your hopes and dreams? Or do you have any regrets? You can even ask people for advice about something that they've got a knowledge of or about. Or if they've got older kids than you, then you can ask advice about how they did something. Try and notice if people around you have got problems or illnesses of the, on themselves or people in their lives. Try to help, and offer to pray if you can. People are usually touched that you've noticed enough and care enough. People don't usually ask deep questions. And if somebody has opened up to you, then please remember what they've said, because it can be very disappointed if they don't follow up. As I said, it takes patience, effort and time to win people's trust, to learn that you do really deeply care about them. Insincere motives will always let you down. You must show committed love for them, deep concern, they must feel that you are genuinely interested in them. So, we must share stories. This is our next guideline. And we must ask the Holy Spirit to help us in sharing these stories. Matthew ten nineteen says, Don't worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you will be given what to say. Pray for opportunities each day. Share with the people around you about your own life. Learn how to drop Jesus into the conversation. If they ask what you were doing this weekend, it can become an opportunity to mention that you went to church. Tell, or tell them about a way that God's helped you. People will often ask further questions. Let them see how important your relationship with God is and that you don't go to church out of some sort of religious duty, but because you like going people that you meet with might be a bit weird, but they're they're good people and we have fun together. Tell people that church is good and tell them stories of what you've been up to. Tell them how God has helped you through difficult times. It's a good practice telling your own Christian story, what we usually call our testimony. Practice how to make it brief and to the point. The best way is to tell it to other Christians first, so they can advise you about what's good and bad with the way you say it. Then you can refine it and adapt it to the person who's listening. If you share your own story, people can't argue with that because it's your experience. People can't deny that I am free from rheumatoid arthritis. It even confuses my consultant, who calls me her peculiar patient. But I'm very happy to be her peculiar patient. People have tried to tell me that it's just mind over matter. And I know that my persevering mind did help me to get better. But I know that the spiritual side had a very important part of it. So I do admit that the spiritual and the physical go hand in hand. I thank God for the NHS. But more importantly, I ultimately thank God for my healing. We had a house flood a few years back and that's led to numerous conversations where we can say, Sue and I, I'm talking about my wife Sue and I, how we, we can share how God has helped us through that. Even though the continued after effects and hassles with the house flood did lead me into depression, God has even used that to deepen my faith. I've been able to say how my faith has helped me out of depression. It gives me greater empathy for people that are going through mental health issues. God can redeem anything if you let him. If people do ask questions that you don't know the answer to, then please admit that you don't don't know the answer. Don't try and palm them off with some half-truth or silly answer. Just be honest and say you don't know. But you'll try and find the answer out. That you'll ask somebody who maybe have a bit more experience and then don't avoid going back to them. Please go back when you've got an answer. People often respect your honesty and do have the courage to go back because it can spark another conversation about God. Be prepared. When I wake up I ask God to use me each day to lead me that day to learn how, uh, to share how I became a Christian. You, you must learn to share how you became a Christian as simply as possible. This is a, uh, a method that that I've used a few times. Uh, I forget where I, I heard it, but there are two images uh, to share with you here, and I've even got a card in my pocket uh, it's usually in my wallet that I can pull out should I want to share it. Now this is the first image. This is what most people believe, that it's a balance between the bad things you do and the good things you do. If you do lots of bad things, you're gonna go to hell. If you do lots of good things, you're gonna get to heaven. But that isn't how it is, that isn't. There's a second image on the other side of my card. This is your bad things, there's no way you can do anything about them. It's Jesus dying on the cross, took away the bad things you did and when you say thank you to him and invite him into your life, he is the one that makes you good enough to get you to heaven. But you have to ask him. So that is the gospel just very quickly. That may not work for you, it works for me. I'm a visual person so I like having these two images. I've even produced uh, my own Christian leaflets. Uh, just recently, because I'm creative. Now, I I first of all did them as blogs uh, on my website and I posted them on Facebook, but now I've got uh, paper versions that I can give out to people if the opportunity arrives. But you have to have them ready. So you have to be prepared. Now, another important guideline that Jay spoke about is never argue. When you argue, it usually demonstrates that you're insecure and defensive. I read this verse a minute ago. It's appropriate for this one. Be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to get angry. Walk away from those that are hostile because heated conversations usually end up with you saying things that you regret afterwards. God can stand up for himself. So don't feel that you've always got to defend him. That's where the people like the Westboro Baptist Church in America get it wrong. Their hostile argumentative approach just turns people off. If your tempers rising, it's best to walk away. Remember, God can look after himself. Another guideline is to demonstrate what it's like to follow Jesus. Matthew 5, 16 says, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. And Colossians 4, 5 and 6 uh, says, be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity and let your conversation be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you know how to answer everyone. Those around you will watch, watch you closely When they know that you're a christian and they will judge jesus by the way you live there are sadly many hypocritical christians we all become hypocritical at times if you're seekers uh, if you're self-seeking and egotistical then it will put them off jesus show them by the way that you live by your relationship with jesus is the important thing in your life it makes you much better i'm sure that's that that one of the important reasons why my daughter and son (coughs) sorry uh, have followed on in the faith because they saw that Sue and my faith worked. (coughs) (coughs) Sorry about that. Try and cover the mic next time. Um, If you're honest and real then Uh, People will see that how God can turn the crap situations in your life into good. Here's an example of how I turned a hostile question around to give a a good answer, a real answer to somebody at work. Thank you, Ray. Bless you. Be prepared. (laughs) I wasn't. There. This is something that I I thank the Holy Spirit for inspiring me with this. Last December, uh, one of the guys at work suddenly said to me, okay, why does a God of love create COVID-19? So I didn't, I I stopped and thought for a minute, and then the Holy Spirit inspired me, thank the Lord. I just injured myself. you didn't see me, but uh, at the time, but last December, I'd injured myself chasing a squirrel in the garden. Now, uh, squirrel squirrels pinch bird birdseed off our bird table, and then they go onto the grass and bury it. Um, I started throwing sticks at the squirrels. I threw a stick at the squirrel when he was eating the birdseed. And then when he stopped on the grass to, to make a hole and bury it, I tried chasing him. The trouble was, I tripped over the stick that I'd thrown and <laughs> fell down the stairs. And I think I may have broken a rib, but I was at work and I was groaning a lot because I was in a lot of pain. I'd damaged my leg as well in two places. So I'd been honest enough to admit to everyone at work that I was in pain because of my own stupid fault. So I said, look at me. I can't blame this for God. This was Andy's problem. It's the same, similar with COVID. It's mankind has created a world where diseases like COVID spread. You know, our commerce and travel means that a disease will spread very quickly around the world. That's not God's fault. That's something that man has created. And where did COVID come from? I've heard of two main theories. One is that it was created in a Chinese laboratory. And secondly, I've heard that it was Chinese people eating bats, live bats. Is that God's fault? So that's what I said to this guy. And he said, okay, God didn't create COVID. So the Holy Spirit inspired me. This leads on. Uh, not all pain can be explained as, as simply as that. Pain is a very wide topic. But it lead, we'll one more guideline, which is to be patient and trust God for the answer. 1 Timothy 6.15 says, "With uh, which God will bring about in his own time. God is never in a hurry. It's usually us that are in a hurry and I'm trying to learn to slow down, and then I won't fall over sticks when I'm chasing squirrels. Sow the seed, and then see what happens. Nearly all of us became Christians because of numerous encounters with God or with Christians. People have to learn that they can trust us and see from our lives that we're living a true life. We can't save anyone, only God can. Pray constantly, be prepared and expect to be used by God. And then grab hold of the opportunities that God will bring your way. Jesus never ran after people like the rich young ruler or Nicodemus. He let them walk away because they they had too much to give up. They didn't want to follow Jesus' uncertain, nomadic discipleship life. But if you read your Bible, you'll find that Nicodemus did come to faith later on. He was there after the crucifixion, helping to bury his body. If people reject you by what you say, then that's their problem. Don't feel that they've rejected you, they've rejected God. It's God's work, not yours. Many years ago, I had lots of conversations with a guy that I worked with. He was a spiritualist and he never seemed to understand the things that I was trying to tell him. But we went our separate ways and then years later I had a sudden phone call out of the blue. He'd found my phone number and he wanted to tell me that he'd become a Christian. And he told me that the talks that we'd had and the way that I lived had been an important part of his journey to faith. You never know what is happening. Leave it with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that will bring people to faith, not you. I know that many of my grandmother's prayers weren't answered until after she went to be with the Lord. She prayed the prayers, she left them with the Lord and God answered them in his own time. So to summarise, there are these six guidelines. Focus on Jesus, listen to people and connect with them as deeply as possible, share stories helped by the Holy Spirit, never argue, demonstrate what it's like to be a follower of Jesus and then be patient and trust God for the process. So the questions today, there's just one question really, it says try to share how and why you became a Christian and how different your life is with God's help. If you're not a Christian yet, then explain what's attracted you to this church. But keep it to the point and make it brief. If you're brief, then that will give others the opportunity to have a go at it too. And it also gives you the chance to listen to people, listen to people properly. So you don't have to share your your testimony, your story if you don't want to, but please give it a go. And then pray for each other please.